today we uh, begin a three-week series, and today's title is The Message. The Message. So, there once was this youth pastor, and he would take his teens to this uh, yearly conference. A yearly conference that was really big, and all youth groups from all over the country would go and send, you know, and, and, and participate and show up. It was called Centrifuge. So I, apparently there's something that actually exists, right? It's held in this, one of these big conference centers where um, it's more than one conference going on at one time. If you guys ever been to a conference for work and you guys go to like, you know, those big convention centers and your company has a little space and other companies have their spaces. And so there were other conferences going on at the same time. And so while they're eating in the common places, this youth pastor notices that there's a sign language convention under the same roof. And he's fascinated. He's fascinated how they would speak to each other through sign language. He's fascinated. Anybody know sign language? Anybody? Nobody? Oh, man. One of us got to learn. So, so back, to the, back to this youth pastor, right? He's in the convention, and he's seeing that there's a sign language convention going on at the same time. He's eating at lunch, and he's watching them signing to each other. And he's like, oh, that's so dope. I wish I knew that. And that's, interesting how, that's interesting how they can speak through their hands like that. And so he continues to watch them all throughout lunch. Yes, creepy, right? creepy, like a stalker, right? Like, he's watching them. He's watching them throughout lunch, and now he's starting to see the parents talk with their children, with their deaf children using sign language. He also had children about the same age. He had children the same age of those that were deaf that day speaking with their parents through sign language. And he began to think, if my kids were deaf, my kids were deaf, I would do anything. I would do anything and everything to learn sign language because I would want to communicate with them. I, I would want I would want to tell them how much I care for them. I would want to tell them how much I love them. I would want to tell them that I'd always be there for them. And I would learn. I would do whatever it took so that I could talk to them. Learning sign language for me in that instance wouldn't be a burden. I wouldn't be burdened to learn sign language because it would be an expression of love. Because of my love for my children, I'm going to do this. It doesn't burden me. It's an expression of love. He couldn't help but reflect upon the significance of what God has done for us. Here we are, busy with our lives, right? Who's not busy? Let me know. Let me know who's not busy because we got work to do. We're all busy with our lives, pursuing our own agendas, doing our own thing, trying to, you know, trying to, trying to do us. But in the meantime, many of us are deaf to the voice of God. We don't hear what God is trying to say. We don't hear what God is trying to say to us. And God has been trying to speak his message to us. But we aren't getting it. But rather than give up with frustration, 
He loves us so much that he wants to reveal himself to us in ways that we can understand. Can you imagine if you were a parent and you're trying to speak sign language to your child and you can't get it, you get frustrated and quit? I mean, that's your child. You want to tell them you love them. You want to tell them that you care about them. I mean, do you just quit? Or do you figure out a way to communicate to your child so they can understand how much you love them? We're not getting it when God was speaking. And, he, and what he does is he wants to reveal himself in a way that we can understand. So he sends his very own son to communicate his message in a way that we can understand. So today we kick off the three-week series in this, as we enter the, the, the Christmas holiday. And uh, this, today, we're, you know, it's the message. Next week, it's the method. And the following week, it's the manger. And so I encourage you guys to, to, to finish it through. Amen? Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. Praise God. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now, in these final days, he has spoken to us through his Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son, he created the universe. Ever notice when politicians are trying to get a message across? They'll, when they really want to get a message across, they use every avenue of communication available to them. They use the internet. They use the, the TV media. They use uh, uh, the radio. People still listen to the radio. I know, right? Um, they, they, they use, um, what's that? Billboards, right? And, and then, then when, they were, when they're holding their, their speech, right, if you notice, there's always someone off to the side signing their whole speech. They want to make sure that everyone gets the message. They want the message to get through. Jesus, God sent Jesus to communicate his message in a way that we can understand. And the miracle of this message is that God speaks to us today, today, so that we can get to know him and draw near to him. So he speaks to us in a couple different ways, and God speaks to us through history. How many of us loved history? I did. I enjoyed history in school. I did. I loved it. History was it's simple. All you got to do is read it, remember it, and that's it. You get an A. That's it. <laughs> read it, remember, and then you have an A. It was a sip. It was, it, for me, it was just easy. You didn't have to figure out equations. I mean, just remember. That's all you had to do. Well, God speaks to us through history. Some of us are good at remembering, and some of us are not so good. God has been speaking to us through history to reveal himself to us. He wants us to know him. He wants us to love him. He wants us to, to worship him, to need him, to desire him. God reveals himself through his creation. God reveals himself through through. Um, the sunrise, through the sunset, through the sun, the moon, the stars. And I'm not talking about astrology. Oh, did you guys know that um, we're not cool with that? 
in case you didn't, in case you didn't, let's just say it's not good, okay? So we don't get into a whole nother thing today. You can, you, can, you can put astrology right in the same bucket as witchcraft and all that other stuff, all right? Yo, sometimes it's funny. I'm sorry. Sometimes, right, sometimes I, it, it, it's uncomfortable because sometimes, you know, we have believers or Christians that will come up to me, to me, right? I, I at least do it to other people, but they come up to me like, yo, pastor, what's your sign? I'm like, I don't know, my sign is that, my sign is that I'm a believer. I was washed in blood, I, I, I was washed in the blood of the lamb. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, oh. But you know what? A lot of it is just ignorance. A lot of it is lack of knowledge. And Hosea, right, he says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And that's why we have to understand and disciple, right, and learn. And these are the things we talk about sometimes on Thursday nights in Bible studies. These things come up. And if they don't come up, you can bring it up with a question. You know what I'm saying? All right. They see this. You guys are making me off, off, off track here. Read Exodus 3. 7 to 10, it says, Then the Lord said to him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. And it's a land flowing with milk and honey in the land where the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hevites, the Jezubites, man, all the ites, now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. This is one of the most powerful, I believe, conversations, you know, that for me, for me, because here you have God Speaking to a man and saying, I've heard the cries. I understand what's going on. I see the injustice. I see everything that's going on. But don't worry because there's hope. There's hope. And I have for you a place flowing with milk and honey. Oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Now go and lead them. Now go and lead them. This conversation we know is between God and Moses, but the crazy thing about this conversation, it wasn't God standing before Moses where, okay, he looks like God. This was a bush that was on fire, a bush on fire that did not consume itself. So usually if you set a bush on fire, after a while it's like it's done, right? It, it, it continued to burn without being consumed. And Moses was talking to God through that burning bush. Personally, I believe that God just wanted to make sure Moses got the message. Because like, yo, this is me. This is God. It can only be God that's going to be talking to you this way. In history, we see that God speaks in so many different ways. God spoke to the Israelites from smoke and fire out of, off from the mountain. God spoke to Elijah in a small, still voice. God spoke to Isaiah through a vision in the temple. God spoke to Hosea 
through some family drama. Y'all know that, right? Yo, you know what the thing about history? History gives us an opportunity to not make the same mistakes. History makes an opportunity for us to learn from and therefore not make the same mistakes that they made at one point. Hosea has some family drama, and uh, we can learn from his situation. But we can also learn so much about love through that story. God spoke to Joseph through dreams. God even used a donkey to speak to the prophet Balaam. God has been speaking his message through visions, through dreams, through angels, through symbols, natural events. God has been speaking to us through so many different ways. There's an unlimited variety of ways that God can reveal his word to us. The problem is that we are guilty of putting God like in a box. Especially when God has spoken to us. Don't listen, hear me out. Like, you know, let's say one Sunday you come up and you just happen to like stand right here and you kneel on your left knee and have your right knee up and you have your right hand up or your left hand down and all of a sudden God speaks to you and then the next Sunday you come and you try to put your left knee down where it was and the right knee up and your right hand and you try to duplicate exactly where you were, what you were doing so that God could speak again. Listen, we are guilty of putting God in such a box that we feel that when he speaks, that's when he speaks. He can only speak this way. He can only speak here. He can only speak this way. And what happens is we miss out on so much because we're so busy trying to re, uh, reenact when God has spoken. And God is like, okay, that was cool that day, but listen, I'm trying to switch it up. I'm trying to switch it up on you guys. We can't put God in a box expecting that he speaks in the same places through the same ways. Yo, that's the beauty of it. Like to know that God can speak however he wants, whenever he wants, using whoever he wants. Yo, that's like an adventure. You know, it's like, yo, God, speak. I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're going to do it. I know you are. And just be excited and, just, and just, just have faith and trust him. He's going to speak to you. God, he uses us too. God has been speaking through history in a variety of ways in order to make him and himself known. So God uses us. You see, um, he speaks through our history as well. 1 Corinthians Chapter 15, verses 9 to 11, says, For I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I am not even worthy of being called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. But whatever I am now, it is all because God pours out his special favor on me. And not without the results, no what? Not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles. Yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. 
So it makes no difference whether I preach or they preach, for we all preach the same message. You have already believed. Our history is our testimony. We had Joanna to give us a little bit about her history. You see, because it's history because it happened like last week, so now it's last week's history, right? But we can learn from her history. We can, we can uh, grow from that history. She continues to grow from that. Here you have Paul saying, dude, do you know? Do you, do you know who I am? Paul's like, let, let, me, let, me, let me remind y'all who I am. Like, I know I'm an apostle right now. I, I know I'm here standing before you. But I used to, I was a bad dude. I used to persecute God's church. I was the poster child of persecution. People knew my name. And they feared me. Christians feared who I was. When I would walk into a town, they would all run. That's why it was so hard for them to believe. Like, great, God's going to use this guy? (laughs) This guy? He said, that was me. I was not a good person at all. I shouldn't be talking here with you guys. I shouldn't be preaching the God. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't. But because of God. Because of his grace, because of his mercy, because of his favor poured upon me, I can now preach his message. This message. Yeah, the same message you guys have heard, I'm preaching that too. That's what he's telling them. God speaks through our testimonies. Some of you guys have heard some testimonies of some people and you're like, no, that cannot be you. Yeah, it actually was. We got some amazing testimonies in this church. And I don't know, like, I'm, I'm, I still, I still, uh, we want to have a, a worship night one night. We just worship all night long and stick in testimonies just through it like that. Worship testimony, worship testimony, worship testimony. And we just go till we just fall out. There's something powerful about knowing what God has done in the lives of others. Because then you're like, oh, but if God can do that in your life, then he can do this in mine. Before the birth of Christ, there had been about 400 years of silence. Between the book of Malachi and when we get into the Gospels, they call it the intertestamental period. 400 years of silence. Now, there's deeper theological explanations for this, but I want to give you the, I want to give you the, the funny, this is what I think kind of thing. After so many years of God speaking through his prophets, after so many attempts, after, so, after God trying to like, these people are not getting it right. He was like, you know what? I need, I need a moment. I need a moment. And God took a 400-year moment <laughs> to get, his, to get his, his mind right after dealing with the drama here on earth, right? He takes a 400-year moment where history shows that for 400 years, God did not speak to the Jewish people. 400 years. There are people born and dying never hearing. 
Did you guys ever think about that? God's revelations in the Old Testament were fragmentary. They were occasional. They were shown in stages. Like, you know, sometimes God would say, do this. And then be like, okay, well now just do this. And they would do it, and they would, okay, now do this, right? And so they were fragmented. They were in stages. They, they came in spurts, right? And uh, as a result of that, many people struggled to adequately capture the full picture of God's nature. God had been speaking to the people, but they weren't getting the message. They didn't understand God's heart. They didn't understand his plan. And too many claim to be speaking for God. But they misrepresented him to others. And we see this example through, you know, when we look at the scriptures, we see this example through, like, the Pharisees, right? Because they, they, they knew so much of God. They knew so much of God. They spoke for God, Right? They, 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 they would gather all, you know, they studied so much, and, and they knew all the rules, they knew all the traditions, they knew all the rituals, and yet they misrepresented who God was. They were so far from the nature of God. God speaks through history. He'll speak through history if you're willing to learn from it. If you're not willing to learn from it, then it's just a book. God speaks through his son. But now, at last, God sends his son to bring us a message. You see, in the Lord Jesus Christ, right, God revealed himself directly to us. I don't, sometimes we don't get how powerful that is. Like, God sent Jesus, his son, to directly approach us and show us who God is. It is true that God reveals himself through his word, right, through the spoken word of Jesus, um, through the message, but he did more than just that. You see, Christ is the living, divine son of God. And he did more than just proclaim the message. He is the message. First, uh, let's look at John 1.14. So the Lord became human. For those people that don't believe, you know, God, human. Okay. Right. The Lord became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory. The glory of the fathers and one of and one and only son. Jesus came to reveal God. To make him known to us in ways that we could understand. You see, he didn't get frustrated and give up. Even though maybe 400 years was him being frustrated. Again, those are good campfire conversations with God when we get up there. Sit around the campfire with God. So God, talk to me, talk to me. So in those 400 years, tell me the truth. What was going on? <laughs> he didn't get frustrated. He didn't just give up. His love for us was so much that he said, I, they got to understand me. They got they, they to they they hear my message. So he sends his son. 
Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. And when he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. So when people say, I want to know God, what does God look like? What does God think? How does really God act? What will, you know, what will God do? Listen, when people are wondering and asking those questions, you, we be like, oh, you want to know? Check this out. Look at Jesus. You want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus. Look to Jesus. John 14, 9. Jesus replied, I have been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? No, this, this is, these are those moments when Jesus' Jesus's gangster comes out, right? Because, you see, we, you know, Jesus, you know, he loves people. He heals people. He hugs people. You know, he rebukes them. But this is where you see, like, the little gangster. I mean, this is his posse. This is his crew, right? This, this, this is amongst the disciples, right? This, this is an example of why I don't believe in sensitive discipleship, okay? That's why I can't. It's not all, it's not all daisies and flowers and stuff like that. I, I'm, it's straight to the point truth the way you need to hear it right jesus turns to philip he's like what dude you must be tripping how long you been with me how long you been with me you've you been with me all this time and you got the audacity you got the nerve to ask me to show listen and the thing is listen to how philip asks him like the verse before right it's it, uh, philip he said he asked he says show us the father and we will be satisfied oh Oh, you're not satisfied with me? Jesus is like, I, so, so he's like, yo, Jesus, Jesus, I, yo, I, I know you, you know, you preach a good game. You know, you guys give speeches. You know, I know you've done some things here and there, but, but, but check this out. Show us the Father so that I can be satisfied. Jesus was like, oh, no, he didn't. How dare you? You've been with me all this time. All this time you've been with me. He's like, don't you know that the one who's seen me has seen the Father? Some of us are Philip. Seriously? Seriously? Yo, Abigail got this thing now. Seriously? Yes, seriously. I need you to do this. Seriously, that? Yes, seriously. You're four years old. What are you talking about, Seriously. Some of us are tirelessly seeking out God's message. We're looking all over the place. Speak to me, God. Speak to me, God. Speak to me. Give me a message. Give me a sign. Give me this. And we're going all over the place, all over the place. But we don't look to the Word of God. We don't look to Jesus. I don't know, maybe, maybe you, somehow maybe you feel that the word is not powerful enough. This is just a book. Or maybe you guys say, well, no, I mean, I need, something like, I need something like tangible to help me with the situation. I can't just look to Jesus. I mean, I, no, listen, we can't, we can't waste 
any more time looking all over the place for a message that God knew you weren't going to get, and so he sent his son. Listen, what are we celebrating this month? The birth of Christ. He sent his son because he loved us that much. He's like, no, they got to get it. They got to understand who I am. They got to understand what I want. They got to understand how much I love them. They got to understand that we created them for the purpose of loving me, worshiping me, submitting to me. Yet, we fail to, to look to Jesus. We fail to look to Jesus. Now, God speaks to us through history. He speaks through us to his son, Jesus, who was an attempt to say, like, okay, now they're going to understand. Now they can get it. Now they can relate. You know, they're, they were, they're human. Well, you know what? He's human. They had earthly issue, uh, situations. He had earthly situations. Because you know what, in, in the Old Testament, it was, it was easy for them to be like, oh, well, you know, God doesn't, you know, it's God. He, he doesn't know what I'm going through. God doesn't know my, my pains and my struggles. And, and God, I mean, he's God. He's up on his throne. He's never been down here. And God was like, oh, you know what, shut up. Here, here, here. Now I know your struggle. Now I know your pain. Now I know temptation and sin, what, what, what the temptation of sin is. And you know what? On top of that, I'm going to endure more pain than any one of you will ever endure. So that nobody can say, oh, you don't know how it feels. Yeah, y'all don't know what it feels like. We don't know what it feels like. The miracle of this message is not just the fact that he speaks to us through history, that he speaks to us through his son, but that the message has power to transform your life. It does. It does. As we enter the Christmas holiday, we celebrate the greatest message ever. Emmanuel was born. Emmanuel. God with us. God came near to us so we can draw near to him. He's saying through the birth of his son, Jesus Christ, he's like, I am now here with you. I am now here with you. So he's like, let's do this. Yo, Mike, let's do this together. I'm here with you. And then Mike's like, you know what? All right, let's do this, God. And he draws nearer to him. Jesus came to proclaim God's message that we can be set free from sin in our lives. Why would he do that? Well, because he wanted us to know how much he truly loves us. He wanted us to know that he created us for a reason. Did you know that? Because many of us are living lives like we have no purpose, like we have no meaning. We, we, we're all like robots because this world will make you a robot quick. We have a role to play. And yes, you have, all have roles in your jobs. Yes, you all have roles for your careers. But you see, that comes secondary to what God is trying to do. There are roles to play within the kingdom. 
for the purpose of ex- kingdom expansion. You got you to look at it like, what am I doing at this moment that is expanding the kingdom of God? And, and, and th- again, 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 this is, this, is why, this is why we have these conversations because sometimes it doesn't come across too nice. Because, then, oh, are you trying to say I ain't doing nothing? I ain't saying that. I, I didn't say that. All I said was, what are you doing for the expansion of the kingdom of God? Because when you were created, <laughs> a gift, a talent, purpose was all embedded and invested in you for the purpose of serving the kingdom. Some of us use it for our careers, right? Some of us have these gifts and talents, and they, and they work out where you can use them for your job, but that God didn't give you those gifts for the job. He gave you the gift for the kingdom. And you know what the scariest thing is? We can have the best life, great house, great car, great bank account, you know, great success in our careers, and when we stand before God the Father, he's going to say, you failed. You failed me. You failed to do what I created you to do. We could, we could do all the right things in the eyes of society and fail God. You know, sometimes, sometimes obeying God looks like a failure to society. Can, can I tell you that? They, do, do, they, do they understand that? I'm, I'm just, okay. Write that down. That wasn't even in here. That's free. <laughs> All right. <laughs> He wants us to get to know him, to love him, to understand. He wants us to know that we don't have to live as prisoners of sin, prisoners of guilt, prisoners of shame. He wants us to understand that. This has been quite the year for many of us. I mean, it's like we were talking, I think Ruby, and we were talking about how like 20, 20, 20 and 21 have been a big old blob. Like, we're about to go into 2022, and we're like, oh, wait, we were in 21, weren't we? Because it was like a big old blob, a big mess, a big sancocho of a bunch of stuff, right? And many of us have received all different types of messages this year. Some of us have received messages that have changed our lives. We've received messages from the doctor of terminal diseases. Some of us have received messages from the doctor or from loved ones of the passing of a family member or a friend. And uh, we all share in in mourning because we've had many to mourn this year. We've received messages from spouses that maybe have fallen. I say this because you know I've spoken about that already, right? Fallen out of love and want divorce. And there's no doubt that these messages have altered and changed the lives of people. There's no doubt. But in the midst of all this, there is a message 
that can permanently change the course of your eternity. You see, these messages that we receive that changed our lives, they affect us now. They, they hold us down now. They, they, they bother us now. They hurt us now. They, they, they affect us now. But there's a message that can change us for eternity. A message of love in the midst of heartbreak. A message of joy in the midst of sorrow. A message of hope in the midst of hopelessness. A message of freedom for those that are bound. I want to turn to John 14, verse 6. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So if we are looking for answers, if we're looking for what to do next, if we're looking for uh, what's the purpose of my life, what's the, I mean, this, uh, listen, we all know the end goal, right? So we may not have the middle chunk figured out, but if we all know that we're here today and where I want to spend eternity is with the Father, right? We, we, we know that those are the two things. We all know that we're here today. How many of us are here right now? Okay, we know that, right? How many of us want to be with God the Father in eternity? All right. All right, so those are the two things we all know. We know that for sure. Those are, those are facts. The middle are, is not so clear. But the other thing that we do know is, if that is my end goal, and the, ver and the word tells me that no one can come to the Father except through me, then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to look to Jesus. I'm going to see what Jesus said. I'm going to see what he did. I'm going to see how he acted. I'm going to see how he responded. And I'm going to do my very best to not only live like him, but live in a way that will please him if he were to be standing right next to me. You see, that's something that we don't, we don't hold on to. We quickly think, okay, God, yeah, he's, all, he's everywhere, he's watching, but do you live your life like if he is right next to you? Are you speaking as if he is listening into your conversation? I mean, he is, but if he was standing there and listening. Are we reacting in ways that would please him, that would give good testimony of being a child of God? You know, um, on our Thursday nights, we've been discussing a series that is preparing us to take Jesus to those that have rejected him, those that are outside the church. It's easy to preach to those that come in. Like, you came in, that means you want to hear something, right? But there are people that don't want to come in. There are people that don't want anything to do with God. There, there, there's, a raise, there's a rising number of people that are leaving the church and turning their back on their walk with God. And so how do we reach them? Well, how do we talk to them? And, and, and so we've been discussing that on Thursday nights, and one thing that, that has come up is this. The world is watching how we live. The world is watching how we live. They're watching how we speak. They're watching how we react to situations. And many of them are wanting to see you fall 
or fail so they can justify their own reasons of turning their back on God. Because, you know, the Holy Spirit, those believers that have turned their back on God, right, it's like, it's like the Holy Spirit will continue to, like, nudge at them. Come home, son. Come home, son. Come home, son, right? There's like a nudging, right? And so sometimes it's like just wanting to be like, oh, look, hypocrites. That's why I don't go to church. Eric didn't say hi to me today. That's why I'm not going. He's supposed to be a leader. So he's supposed to be this. Oh, the leaders of the church don't talk to me. This, I mean, we can go down the list. We can go down the list. The world is watching to justify their own actions with how the church responds to things. Are we hearing the message today? Are you understanding that what you are searching for is found in Jesus? Can you guys stand with me this morning? Jesus' message to us is a message of hope. Prayer team. Although things don't seem to be going your way, things don't look good, you don't see a way out, because how many of us have been there or are going, or, 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 or we're there right now? It's like, I'm, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. We feel hopeless. You know, one of the scariest things that I've experienced is training in water. I hated that. Like, I love to swim. I love the water. But when I had to put on all my military gear and I had, to put, I had to put on everything and then I had to jump into uh, the deep end of the, of the pool, there was a moment at one point in my life, at that, at that life, at that point, that I almost thought, I think I'm going to die down here. I think I'm going to die. We had certain exercises to do. We had to remove certain pieces of equipment. We had to, like, change some things. We had to do some things while down in the water. And if you don't know, your boots, right, Beth? Your boots filled with water. Right, Chris? Your boots, they fill with water, and they feel like cement blocks when you're wearing a military uniform. Cement blocks on your feet. And you're trying to swim and keep yourself up. Because you, you don't want to be on the bottom doing this. You kind of want to be in the middle in case you have to get up. And there was a moment that you said, you know what, I think I might die here. Some of us are in moments like that right now. You don't, you don't think you're going to be able to come up for air. You don't think you're going to be able to make it. You don't, see, you don't see the hope. And God is saying, listen, my message in Jesus is that there is hope. Jesus' message to us is a message of love. And although we are surrounded in a world that is filled with hate, slander, uh, I mean, it's just strife. 
although it seems that some of us have made some choices that have made us unlovable. Some of us know. Some of us have done things. We've said things. We've treated people a certain way. How could someone love me after I've done this? How could this person love me after I've said this? How could this person love me? And we, we ask these questions to ourselves like, how could anyone love me? I'm dirty. I'm sinful. I'm a mess. How can anyone love me? And Jesus is like, oh, my message is a message of love. And I love you. I love you so much, God says, that I sent my son Jesus to this earth, knowing, knowing that he would have to die for you. It wasn't, I mean, God didn't, Jesus didn't come not knowing the end. Alpha, the omega, the beginning, the last, he knows. He knew what he had to do. He knew what was going to happen, and yet he still came so that he would die for each and every one of us because he loved us that much. You know, love has two, two angles to it. One angle is the angle that we appreciate the most. Hug, love, feel good, warm and fuzzy. The other angle of love is discipline. It's correction. And he loves us so much that he brings discipline to our lives. He brings discipline and correction to our lives through his word and through leaders that God has provided to oversee your walk with God. Sometimes he uses your wife, your husband. Many times he uses our wives, right? For those that are married. Okay, God, I get it. Can you use somebody else next time? <laughs> His, because of his love, there's discipline, there's order, and it requires obedience and surrender. Today, in this message titled The Message, right? So many of us are seeking God in different areas of our lives. And what I want to do is I want to open the altar today for an opportunity to just come before God. Come before God. Some of us have never heard from God. Some of us have never, never made that commitment to serve him, to follow him, to accept him, to receive him as personal Lord and Savior. And today can be that day. But the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Today can be the day that you can be like, Yo, you know what, I need that relationship. I'm done trying to do it on my own. And the altar is open for, for those that want to accept Christ today. The altar is also open for those that are just in the midst of seeking God's direction. And my conversation with many of you, many of you are in, a, are in that place like, God, what do I do next? What do I do now? What do you want me to do? And so I want, we want to pray with you this morning. 
The altar is open as we pray. You're invited to come join us in the altar. Father God, I just ask right now. Father, look at each and every person that is standing here this morning. Father, you know their hearts. You know their struggles. You know the trials and the tribulations in their lives. Father God, you know where they are at right now because God is with us. So therefore, you know. Right now, there are some of us hurting. There are some of us struggling. And right now, we need you, Lord. We need you to speak to our lives. We need you, Father God, to... We need you, Lord. The altar is open because... Take the step of faith. We've mentioned this before. When you take that step of faith, knowing and believing and trusting that God will meet you, we want to pray with you this morning. Lord, help us and guide us and lead us. Speak to us, Lord. Lord, help us not continue to look all over, all in the wrong places, all in the wrong people, but help us look up to you. In Jesus' name, amen.